Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And a pleasant good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Saints Hour. Mike Hoss, along with Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis. And a little later in the show, we'll have David Carr, the former top pick in the 2002 draft with the Houston Texans, now an NFL Network analyst. And third, but not least on that list, he's the older brother of Saints quarterback, Derek Carr. So we'll be looking forward to talking to him. And, you know, Mickey, uh, the, the week after Tampa was tough, there was a lot of just, it was just a tough week all the way around. I mean, uh, a lot of introspection, a lot of microscope talk, I mean, for a two and two team, but to do what this team did to go into Gillette Stadium for a very hungry football team uh, and do what you did, uh, just, you know, it's one game, but man, it feels a lot better than last Monday. Yeah, it sure does. Um, look, I, I think, you know, the mark of any team, whether they're, not, whether they're growing and improving is how they react to um, a poor performance. And, and um, so it was good to see us, you know, get off the mat and, and go up to New England. Um, and look, I get that they, you know, they were struggling. Uh, they struggled the week before, but that's a great coach. Um, they've got a lot of wins there. They know what they're doing. They'll, they're going to beat some people um, going forward. But for us to go out and put on a, a, a good performance in, in really all phases um, of the game was, was uh, gratifying. And, you know, we could easily call this show the Saints situational football show because it's kind of the topic each week. And I don't know that there's a, a bigger flip from a situational standpoint than kind of how this team performed uh, against the Patriots red zone, goal to goal, you name it, third down across the board. I mean, it was, uh, uh, it was such a huge factor in every game, and it was a big factor in this one. Yeah, well, look um... – it's it's easy to flip um, the red zone numbers if you don't allow them in the red zone, which is what our defense <laughs> did in this game is that they didn't have any attempts in the red zone. Um, one for 14 on third down. That's just unheard of. Um, and look, they, they certainly had some opportunities and didn't cash in. But I think that um, quite often it was our guys making plays as opposed to um, them missing plays I, you know there was some of both no question but but um i thought our guys made made some really good plays in the situations where it called for it um and it was great to see tyron you know get us going with uh um interception return for a touchdown uh on a play where you know uh, our d-line affected the quarterback and and uh caused an errant throw and there was there was a lot of good things there no, you're right. And I think that's, that's, that's kind of important because you, on the Tyron Matthew pick, you're right. I believe it was Granderson had pressure, you know, and it was, he threw it up. And then, then on, on the Pete Werner interception, and that's, that's Jordan Howden with just a, you know, perfectly placed hit on the football. It's those kind of things that, you know, 
that caused uh, you know the action on the field. So I mean, you you are dictating some of that stuff. Yeah, and look, you know, we've we've done some of that in the past, um, and it seems like when things aren't going well, um, those balls you know end up landing just outside of your reach, and so you have to have some good fortune and and uh, uh, with those opportunities even the ones that you cause. And, and um, you know, we had a little bit of both in this game. Again, as we talked about, everybody, you know, had to kind of look within themselves if they were doing everything they can to win. Pete Carmichael, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a big boy game, right? I mean, you get, you go out there on Thursday, you take, take your lumps and, and he did. Uh, he's a good guy. Uh, and it was, it was just gratifying, you know, he had, a, he had a birthday last week. So last week couldn't have been a ton of fun for him on, you know, and then he has a birthday on Friday, but then goes home. I hadn't realized he grew up so close to Gillette Stadium, even high school, uh, to, you know, again, I get it. It's one game, but you take that one game and celebrate it. It must be gratifying to see him be able to go up and do that. Yeah, and look, you know, Pete's a, uh, uh, he's a great offensive coordinator. He really is, and he's a, he's, a, he's a really good play caller. He's had a lot of success, and, and you know, when you're not having success, um, that – you know, that bothers him more than anyone. And yet, man, I, I've always had confidence in him. We have confidence in Pete. Our, our players have confidence in him. Um, and so, yes, it's good. It's good to have some success. And yet I think that there was – he would be the first one to tell you that there were some opportunities that we missed, you know, that could easily – could have easily scored another 12 or 14 points in that game, um, you know, if we execute uh, – properly and so we've got we've got lots of things to work on but it's good to work on um things off of a win as opposed to um working on things off of a loss no 100 percent and even coach allen talked about it yesterday that you know certainly the pre-snap penalties are something that, that you, you you want to address harder this week ironically some of that pre-snap according to dennis you know was caused really by a lot of the new motion and some of the additional play action type stuff. So it's just, you know, it's about you make changes and then, you know, things crop up, discipline, whatever. But I mean, it's the kind of stuff you work on this week, right? Now you get two weeks of working on uh, this kind of thing. But pre-snap penalties, I, I know, you, you know, they're just, they're tough to over, they're tough to overcome sometimes. Well, yes. Um, look, penalties have been an ongoing issue for us here. So we've got to get that corrected. It was an issue again, this game, we had 12 penalties. Um, and yes, there are a number of those that are pre-snap, but that's not, you know, that's not an excuse. Actually, that's kind of worse for me, is that those are those are controllable things. You don't have to rely on whether or not it's a good call or not. Look, if you do it before the snap, that that's a good call. Um, they're seeing something that you shouldn't be doing. So we've got to get that corrected. Um, otherwise, we're going to uh, be in a close game and that it's going to cost us a game. You know, we talked a lot about in preseason, you know, what the NFC South would look like and the, the struggles that the NFC South had had. And, and you, you, Carolina can, you know, cannot be, you know, it's tough with a rookie quarterback, but you look at the rest of the NFC South. Tampa was off this week, but uh, it's, you know, it's a long way to go, but it's certainly not the division that people, it wasn't the, it isn't the punchline that it was last year. Yeah. Uh, look, uh, you know, every year I hear, you know, there's this, this, these predictions about where teams are going to fall. And um, it's generally pretty easy to see who's going to have a really tough year and to see who's going to, 
you know, be at the top of the heap in terms of, of um, wins, but man, the rest of, of the league is all in the middle and you can be a seven and 10 or a, a 10 and seven, you know, that's just, uh, you know, the margins are so small here and, you know, from the, from the best to the worst uh, in the NFL, it just, it's just so tight. It's so hard to win a game against anyone. Anyone in our league can beat any other team on a given Sunday. It's just the truth. It's, it's existed for um, at least the last 40 years that I've been involved with the NFL. It doesn't change this year. And, um, you know, you can't really gauge the strength or weakness of your schedule till the season's over. So we'll (laughs) see what happens, but, but yeah, um, you know, Atlanta and Tampa, I think have both uh, exceeded, you know, the prognosticators um, at the beginning of the season. I doubt that they've exceeded their own expectations, but um, it's going to be a tough conference. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree all the way all the way through. And so we'll talk more about this. Got to take a quick break. Mike Oss and Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis. This is the Saints Hour on the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Saints Hour. Mike Austin, Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis. And as we went to break, we were talking about just the, the NFC South overall and really the schedule and you know, it's when you look when when in preseason and before when the schedules come out, it's always like, well, who has the easiest schedule? Technically, if you just do it based on records, it would be Atlanta, then the Saints. But that's based off of records of a year before. And, I, you know, I don't know if there's a, a, a worse barometer for judging teams year to year, but that seems to be like, again, it's based on years before, like Detroit, you know, goes into Kansas City the opening week of the season, uh, beats the Super Bowl champion. So, you know, it's, it's I would assume that's a that's a difficult barometer to, to choose from their schedules from last year. Yeah, it is because look, you've got free agency, you've got a lot of rust, roster adjustments, you've got, you know, coaching changes. Uh, certainly, um, 
you know, if you're playing rookie quarterbacks, you, you know, you have to look at that. There's, there's just a lot of factors that go into the strength of, of a team when you play them is probably more important than who you play. Because look, if you're playing a team coming off of a lot of injuries, um, look, New England's a great example. They lost two of their best players in the, in, uh, against Dallas. You know, they lost Christian Gonzalez, who uh, uh, is a really top flight corner prospect and, and Matt Judon, who's provided a lot of their uh, QB pressure and pass rush. And so, man, you lose guys like that and it changes. It can change um, the entire outlook of your team. So when you play them is, is, again, probably more important or as important as who you play. And every team fights through them. I mean, injuries are just a, a fact of this game. And, uh, you know, at this juncture, you got Mike Thomas uh, in your lineup, uh, you know, certainly post-2019. We know the injury situation he had. And Alvin Kamara, who, you know, had that got that game with Tampa, really, you know, started to come back to life, felt like his legs in the second half of that game. But having those two guys, and we'll talk about them individually. I kind of – I wasn't joking, but I was kind of talking with, with Pete Carmichael last night about you have the ability at week six here to call plays with Michael Thomas that, frankly, you haven't really had a whole, a whole lot of – uh, in, in years before. And again, I wasn't teasing. It's just, it's just the way it's been. But those two guys in your lineup right now, healthy, uh, is, is a big difference. Yeah, there's no question. They're um, players at, at or near the top of their position uh, in our league. And, and uh, you know, you count, on, you count on your best players to make big plays and, and make winning plays in a game. And, and those are guys that we've counted on in the past. It's, it's great to see Mike each week get more and more back to the Mike Thomas that we all are familiar with um, making big catches, contested catches for first downs for big plays. Um, and to see him get comfortable doing that again. Uh, um, and just look, his presence uh, on the sideline, I think is a little undersold and how competitive he is. And, and uh, that, that's, that becomes contagious. No, he took – he's had 50-plus catches in all five of his games. He had 65 yards against New England. He took some pops against New England. And one of them I – mean, he came to the sideline, and you could tell – I mean, he was almost sprinting to the sideline. But he wasn't going to take a knee. He wasn't going to bend over on that field. He waited until he got to the bench. You could tell he was hurting. Right? Two plays later, right back in the game. I mean, he's he's got a fire inside that you can't just, you know, wish upon somebody. Yeah, look, Mike. Mike's a warrior, and and um, he's tough. He's he's you know all the things that you want in a player, um, you know, with regard to competitiveness and and performance. And so, um, it's good to have him back in our lineup. And then Alvin, you know, gets his seventy third touchdown. Seventy two was against Cleveland, uh, following ironically a Daniel Sorensen interception, who was active uh, back with the team. Yesterday, he passes Marcus Colston. Probably Alvin would have liked to have had it done and, and, and over with, but man, it, getting him in the end zone, it's just a, it's a great sign. And then I, I think something about Colston after this, but just talk about Alvin's uh, kind of getting his getting himself back in this offense. Yeah, it's look, um, I, I think I can, re I feel like I can remember all 73 of those touchdowns. You know, they're, they're, um, he's such a unique talent. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. He's a lot like Marcus in the sense that, you know, he's kind of this quiet guy, goes about his business. Um, 
you know, I don't, I don't recall that Alvin does a lot of celebrating after touchdowns. He just kind of, you know, hands the ball over and, and runs back to the sideline. And, you know, Marcus Colson was certainly that way. And um, I just proud, proud of his accomplishment, uh, excited for him. Um, but it also, you know, makes me reflect back to Marcus and the contributions that he's made and how important he was to our team uh, for so many years. Yep, seventh round pick out of Hofstra, played tight end some at, at Hofstra. Uh, and, you know, five minutes after Alvin had scored his touchdown, there's a video clip, you know, on social media from Marcus congratulating him. So there's there's a few things in our lives you cannot buy, speed, age, and class. Yeah. And, uh, Marcus is, I, I, don't, I know him a little bit, uh, just one of the classiest people that I've ever been around. Yeah, and look, both those guys, you know, uh, obviously Marcus was a seventh-round pick from Hofstra, and so certainly under the radar pick uh, um, when we took him. And But Alvin also, even as a third-round pick, was kind of under the radar. I don't think uh, a lot of people, you know, knew the name or knew uh, what yeah, he was capable of. And, and uh, so it's good to see these guys, you know, have this kind of success in the NFL. Who were you, you know, you can just say, I'm not telling you, but who were you worried about in 17 that you felt the trade up to get Alvin? Yeah, I think we were just worried in general because we, you know, I, in, in, and look, our scouts did a great job of identifying Alvin as, as a guy who would fit with us. And then when Sean, you know, went and worked him out, he, he just fell in love with Alvin, fell in love with, uh, his traits and his intelligence as a player. Uh, and so, man, we had a target on him from, um, from really that point on all the way through to the draft. And so, you know, you get to that third round and, and look, we had a lot of picks in the, in the first couple of days of that draft and you get there and you just got, we, we've got to find a way to go get this guy. Let's not take any chances. I, we didn't, you know, have a, uh, we didn't have any, suspicion or any in, intel that said somebody else was going to take him soon but we just wanted to get him and so that was the reason for the trade later i heard a couple teams that were you know had him targeted you know in that in that round and so we wouldn't have got him if we'd have stayed where we were at um but man i'm sure glad i'm sure glad that uh, that he came to the saints you are not alone there gotta take a quick break my cost along with Saints Executive Vice President Mickey Loomis and General Manager, we are listening to the Saints Hour here on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Welcome back to the Saints Hour. Mike Hoss, along with Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis. And a little later, we'll speak with the top pick in the 2002 draft, Derek Carr's older brother, David Carr, who's a network analyst for the NFL Network. That's coming up later. And so, you know, shutouts in the NFL are, are hard. And, and, and they don't come around very often. So, and De Dennis Allen has had two now in his first 22 games. He also has a franchise record, the greatest comeback in, in Saints history with that fourth quarter comeback in Atlanta. Uh, I mean, that's for, in 22 games to kind of have two shutouts and a franchise record. And there's, there's actually another one, but we're not getting into that one. But that's, that's pretty, pretty stout stuff. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, listen, it, it's it's uh, it's rare to be able to shut out another team and um, get a zero on the board on that side. So, you know, that's unusual. Um, 
it's welcome though i'll tell you that um but but uh yeah listen dennis is a fabulous i think he's a fabulous coach um and um you know i'm excited for him excited for where we can go and uh, excited to see how the rest of the season unfolds how do you guys shut out the noise out there right there's so much noise out there uh to kind of keep it within your keep it within the team you know it, it, you know it's it, it's just there's just so much negativity to fight through how, how do you guys best keep out the noise if that makes sense yeah i look i don't think it's that hard to do because listen we're just busy you know we, we've got a lot of stuff I mean, the coaches are here till, you know, 10, 11, 12 at night. They don't have time to listen to the noise. You know, you, you catch a little bit of it here and there, but you, you don't really, you know, you don't really get as much as, as uh, you know, your wives and, and, and children are getting. They're the ones that bear the brunt of that much more so than any of us. Um, and look, it just comes with the territory. You know, we, we want passionate fans. We want them to care. We want them to um, be excited about our team. And so, you know, it's natural that if they're passionate about, you know, what we do when we're successful, then they're going to be passionate about, you know, the team when it's not successful and they're going to be critical. And that's just part of the territory, just part of the game, part of what um, we know we're buying into. And, and uh, doesn't, it, it's not going to change um, how we approach our jobs there was a play late sunday um that probably won't show up huge in in the stats and that was the fourth down run by the patriots when they went for it on fourth down and stevenson had a huge hole like i'm like the first down's done he's got the first down and our press box was as low to the field as i've, I've ever really imagined and it was open and demario davis filled that hole with a hit that I felt. Like, I mean, I felt it because the fans at that point had, had, had pretty much gone home. And that, to me, just because he didn't, I mean, the play meant in the big picture, probably not a lot. But, man, you want to know anything about DeMario Davis and who's been, you know, at the end of, end, end, you know, later stages of his career. I mean, who knows how long that guy can play. Uh, that's That was, uh, I don't know, I was just curious your thoughts about if you were, you know, that play. And, man, I felt it. Yeah, that, well, you you described it exactly right, and and I think that the thing that it's not unexpected from Demario. That's just the you know it's what he is, how he plays. It's what he's been for us since the the day he came onto our facility here. Um, but what is what is a little bit unique is is you're right. It's the circumstance of the game. The game was well in hand. The play wasn't going to make a difference in terms of the outcome, and yet here he is playing as hard on that play as he did the first play of the game. And so that's, look, that's what you love about, um, about DeMario. And that's why he's a captain and been a captain now for, you know, I think seven straight years, whatever the amount of time he's been here, he's been a captain every year. That's why, um, that's what he brings to the table. And, and, uh, um, it's just, it's just part of his DNA. So this is an interesting span because you go at Houston, then it's a quick turnaround for Jacksonville at home, then back on the road for Jacksonville. But this week, Jackson, Indianapolis and Jacksonville play. So, I mean, I would imagine behind the scenes, your personnel staff, because you got them working on, uh, you know, Houston, 
Jacksonville quickly on, on, on that Thursday. How, how, how is that process for the, for behind the scenes, for those that are really working, not on Houston, but working on Jacksonville for Thursday night? Yeah. It just, look, the, the preparation time, well, there's two things. The preparation time for our coaches is hard on our coaches because the preparation time for that Jacksonville game is really compressed. It's hard on the players because their recovery time from one game to the next is compressed. And so it, it's hard on both groups in different ways. Um, you know, we've got this stretch of, of playing the AFC South, you know, Houston, Jacksonville, Indianapolis. And so um, it's not in a, you know, usually or oftentimes you get it, you know, in, in a stretch like this, you'll get a division opponent that you're very familiar with. Well, that that's not the case here. These are teams we don't play very often. And so um, we don't have the luxury of familiarity with, with any of these opponents. Uh, so yeah, it'll be a little stressful. Uh, the backside of that, you know, we're going to get that 10 day break, um, you know, a- after the Jacksonville game. So you get a bit, little bit of a mini buy that, that, uh, you know, helps make up for the compressed time uh, the week before, but it's just um, look, you know, it's the, it's, you know, every schedule has got some unique qualities to it. Ours is four of our first six games are on the road, you know, so We've got to be, you know, road warriors for um, the first half of this season, and and uh, this is part of it. And clearly doing so to this point with that big win in New England, another one in Houston. Got to take a break, uh, and then we'll come back with David Carr. But first, let's let stations identify themselves here on the Community Coffee New York Saints Radio Network. When we come back, David Carr, the number one pick in the 2002 NFL Draft to the Houston Texans, an older brother of Derek Carr, will join us. That's after the break here on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome back, everyone, to the Saints Hour. Mike Hoss, along with Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis, also joined by NFL Network analyst David Carr, the number one pick in the 2002 draft, also the older brother of Saints quarterback Derek Carr. David, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. So I, where, where are you, one? Two, what, what is your focus this week from an analyst standpoint about what are you looking at particular games or all games? Yeah, so I'm actually in Los Angeles right now. I am about to do a show on the NFL Network, NFL Total Access. We do it three days a week. I'm usually on remote on Fridays because I coach my 
with my brother Darren at Bakersfield uh, Christian High School. So I usually do remote there, but then on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I'm in, in studio right here next to SoFi Stadium. And we basically try to touch as many games as we can in the hour that we have. We obviously don't get to all of them, but obviously a big focus, you know, as we kind of get to the point we're at in the season is trying to figure out who are the contenders, who's who's putting together a good squad, who has, it looks like, some momentum, who's building in the right direction. So we, we obviously focused on the on the Niners-Cowboys game this last week, and that was a huge topic of conversation. But it's just, you know, you look at teams like Cincinnati, and they played a little bit better last week, and a lot of it is just, different reasons you know Joe Burrow's calf has been an issue and it didn't look like it was hurting him as much this week and he played better football so it's just that we we touch on a wide um, range of topics I think we have Debo Samuel on the show today we'll we'll kind of ask him what he what he was what he was thinking about as they were trouncing the Cowboys and kind of where he thinks they are right now so yeah we touch on everything and we try to get as many topics as we can but it's only an hour-long show so and there's 32 teams out there so we don't get to everybody but we try so David, I want to I want to ask you about your coaching career. Um, are you are you the head coach? Are you the offensive coordinator? What are you coaching? Yeah, so I started I started coaching um, as an offensive coordinator with my brother Darren, who has been in the coaching world in high school football since he left college football as a player. And so I, I basically call the plays for him. Um, we've been fortunate enough. It's not a not a big school. Derek went to school at Bakersfield Christian. Um, they, they started off back in the you know late 70s as an eight-man team, and we've grown a little bit. Um, but we were able to win a state championship about three or four years ago, which was fun. Uh, it was Division three, but it was still still a lot of fun for our kids. And we've just, you know, it's been, it's been good for me because all my boys played there. I was able to coach all of them. My nephew is there now. I'm able to coach him. He plays tight end. He plays outside linebacker and defensive end. And it's just been a lot of fun because, you know, I – I'd be complaining about the play calling sitting in the stands if I just went to the game. So I might as well <laughs> be a part of it. So that's what's been a lot of fun to do. Like call the plays and, and be down there with my dad as the quarterback coach, um, my brother Darren, who I mentioned. We have Derek on the roster as the hype man because when he does show up or he's able to kind of talk to the team, it's a lot of fun. He gets them fired uh-huh. up. So, yeah, we have a blast. Well, that's awesome. So, yeah, I got another question for you. Look, we're familiar with brothers – who are quarterbacks because of the Manning family being uh, from New Orleans. And look, there's a, there's a five-year difference between Peyton and Eli. So there's a lot of stories about how, you know, Peyton kind of was the bully and, and, and uh, took advantage of Eli in a lot of different ways. You're 12 years older than Derek. So I'm, I'm assuming that, that him being that much of a baby, you didn't really have a chance to abuse him as he grew no, up. Yeah, he was protected. He was well protected by his uh, his mom and dad. We had uh, there was a buffer around around Derek, but we still found a way because you know you guys just found out he's very very confident guy and he believes what he believes. And you know we had a lot of fun with him as he started getting into like ten, twelve years old. And we had, I'd like to say he got a little hair on his chest. He got a little aggressive, so we were able to put him in his place and we picked on him a little bit. But it really was a situation where when he got to about that age. And he showed that, you know, because he was a good athlete growing up. He played basketball and baseball. He played football as well. But it wasn't until about, like, 12 years old where he really started to want to play quarterback. And I think it probably started with – I brought him around the facility with the, with the Texans. Um, 
and he started hanging out with those guys. He's able to throw some passes to Andre Johnson. We throw him in the quarterback drills, and he'd beat a lot of the guys. Um, and so he was in the meeting rooms, and that was really the interesting part. Is he loved the X's and O's side of it. He loved the scheme. Uh, he asked a lot of good questions. You know, we were back in the day. We had DVDs, and we'd take them home. And so when I would go back to the house, he would be there after school, and he would just want to watch the DVDs with me. And so we would sit there and watch the Jags and you know the Colts, all the teams I was playing, and he would get a good feel for like when the blitz pressures were coming, all the tells that we would kind of try and find. You know, as quarterbacks and, and play callers, you try and find those. And he got really good at it so much so that like in the in the booth and in the you know when he sit up there in the suite with my family, he would start calling out what the defense is playing. You know, and he and he loved that part of it. And so I think we, we developed a different relationship, kind of to your point, is it wasn't so much like we, we were competing against each other, but it was like, it was almost like a mentor kind of student relationship. And I just tried to teach him, you know, the, the way the game is played. And I tried to make it easy for him, you know, because I knew having played high school football, you know, if I could give him a certain level of um, preparation from a mental standpoint, the game physically would be easy for him. And then the same thing when he got to college, it was, I, was, I always wanted him to be, a step ahead uh, or a level ahead, you know, in his preparation yep. and his film study. And then same thing in the NFL. And he ended up taking that over when he got to the league because he just knew that that was the way that you would have an advantage from the quarterback position. Unless you're just going to be a guy that physically is just better than everybody, throw 100 yards. But not everyone is like that. And he and he has the ability to do it, but he's, he's more of a cerebral guy and a guy that likes to see the matchups. And as you guys have probably found out, he like he loves that part of it and, and really relishes that aspect of it and so that's where he finds his you know his superpower really is being able to diagnose defensive structure and get the ball to his guys you know on time and, and quickly so yeah it was fun watching him grow up and kind of be in there while he could do that it was uh, it was really really a cool moment for me and so do you are you one of these guys that that uh do you watch his game every week do you break it down for yourself do you guys still you know converse about about the x's and o's and the schemes and things that happen in a particular game uh, whether it's situational yeah. or otherwise yeah i i think at this point you know I, I did a lot of that early on in his career and at this point it's fun because now i don't have to be as detailed and i guess i don't i did not that i micromanaged it but i <laughs> I would always really want to make sure that, you know, we covered every base. I figured two heads are better than one. But, man, he got so good at, at seeing He sees it better than I do, you know, and he understands. And, and offensive system-wise, every system is so different and so unique. You guys have different answers for different things. He, he, it's fun because now I can just have the conversations of, oh, this scenario played out or this situation. Like, what were you guys thinking in this situation? And now, you know, now we have conversations about the big picture, you know, about, like, you know, playing aggressively and Derek's always been his best when he's attacking you know and he's really going after defenses and he gets his mind in that mindset so I, I try to come at it as more of like a think about it in like golf terms like a swing coach guy where I'm not necessarily or maybe even like just like the, the sports psychiatrist I'm almost that role now where I'm like yeah okay let's think big picture let's think you know situationally what were you guys doing here or philosophically like what's your idea going into this game and that's where I just try to I try to ask more questions just to have him talk through it. So that's, that's been kind of a fun progression for us as, as he's gotten older. Mickey, let me do this. Let me take a quick break so that we can uh, take a commercial break and come right back if that's possible. Let's do that. Yep. Uh, Mike Hoss, yep. along with uh, David Carr and Mickey Loomis, Executive Vice President and General Manager. This is the Saints Hour on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Welcome back to the Saints Hour. Mike Hoss, along with 
Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis. This is the Saints Hour along with David Carr, Derek Carr's older brother, the 2002 top pick for the Houston Texans. So much so that you guys really moved your you moved your family down there, right? Your your parents and and David started yeah. his high school career out of Sugarland, uh, Texas. Before I mean, it was an interesting kind of a situation for him where he 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 commits to Fresno so early that he goes back to Bakersfield and, and, and plays his, his senior year. But really, the, the whole family was with you in, in Houston as you went through, uh, you know, those first few years. Yeah, it was really fun. It was, uh, it was neat for him to be able to, to be out there in, in, in Houston, in Sugarland, And he got, to, he got to experience some really some big-time high school football. And I remember he played a playoff game, state playoff game, at uh, Rice University. And it was sold out. I mean, there were 30,000, 40,000 people there. And it was really neat. Um, I think that, that helped him a lot uh, as, as he went back and played in a little school like Bakersfield Christian. He was able to dominate. I think he got, I think he got the small school national player of the year. Um, he had, I mean, he had such a great season when he went back there. And he was, he was getting drawn towards LSU when we were in Houston. He actually went out to a camp. Um, and I think he really wanted to go there. But then we, we moved back, or he moved back to California and then he was too close to Pat Hill and Fresno State. They were at every game. They would not leave him alone. And he, he finally ended up committing to Fresno State and had a, had a great career there, obviously. But, yeah, it was, uh, it was really fun to have him around when I was playing in Houston and, and have him kind of be around the game and really start to learn it from a different level. And I think that that helped him later on. But uh, I think it was just a, it was just a great, great time of our, in our family's lives to have everyone kind of around and be there for all those games. My grandfather was still alive. And he was able to be at a lot of those football games as well. So it was a really neat experience. So David, you, listen, uh, you're, you're, you're doing this uh, analyst work at the NFL network. And the question is this, is that when you are analyzing and breaking down Derek's games, whether they're this year with us or in the uh, previous years with the Raiders, are you able to be critical of him? And without get, without him uh, giving you a call and saying hey what's up? Yeah, you know it's really interesting. So like that's a it's a fine line that I've had to try to figure out how to how to play because I'm obviously a, a brother first and but at the same time I've always really you know coached him hard or really asked the hard questions. So if I'm gonna ever do it on TV, he always knows ahead of time. If I'm ever gonna ask questions about you know their offense, whether it be. Um, in Las Vegas and Oakland or in New Orleans or if I'm going to even bring them up like if I'm going to talk like today we're doing a top five just to give you an example of preview top five teams in the NFC I'm I'm definitely putting the Saints in that group and I'm, he's going to know where you guys are slated and how I see that before yeah. it even hits the air so I think that that's like that's kind of what I've had to learn is I don't want him to hear me say something about him or his team on TV first before I've kind of told him what's coming so that's kind of how I've had to play it and then and then after that he's fine with however I see it because you know I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna obviously people have film they can see what's going on they can they they can kind of put their own opinions together but they can also just look at the tape and figure it out so I try to be as honest as I can and and I think that you guys have really good football team I'm excited I I think that the scheme and kind of stuff that we talked about with Derek I think that it's a it's a great fit uh Derek feels so much confidence in being able to have answers um, and be able to bring them to Pete and bring them to the guys and just kind of let that flow naturally in a game where that hasn't necessarily always been the case in particular last year with Derek. And so that's a great thing to have because he always sees that that's, that's his edge, you know, and then you know, just from a play standpoint with him, 
you know, he's kind of going through his shoulder injury and he'll get over that. And that, that'll be something that will gradually heal. And, and offensively, you know, when you, when you look at what you guys have been able to do, I think there's so many components there, you know, and I talked to Derek this offseason about it. There's so many different answers, so many different ways that you guys can get after teams. The challenge is really going to be, you know, can Pete and Derek figure out a way to, yes, game plan and, and script some plays where you take advantage of that personnel, but then also attack and play fast. So I think there's that, that's just that, that you know, you got to figure what that is. You know, that, that's what every team is, is going through because even when I was with the Giants, I remember every year Tom Coughlin and Kevin Gilbride, they'd sit down and say, we're, we're not the same team we were last year. We're going to be different. So we got to figure out what that is. What's our, our niche? What makes us go? Even as a play caller at Bakersfield Christian High School, as I find myself now, it's like I was doing the same thing. Like, where is our edge? You know, where can we be most effective with our with our personnel and with our scheme. So I think that it's been really cool to see the progression. And, you know, he had he got hurt at that Packers game, and I wish he, he wouldn't have, but that stuff happens because, like, the trend, and it's still going forward. You guys are progressing upwards offensively and defensively. You guys have been together. Obviously, the defensive unit has been intact a lot longer, and, and they've played great football all year. But offensively, they're only going to get better. The more they play, the more Derek's out there the more Pete and Derek are able to converse and talk through things, they'll just progressively get much better. And then personnel-wise, you guys have done a great job putting putting great players around him. You know, it's just uh, you guys are stacked. So it's going to be fun to watch that that whole thing kind of come together. And the beauty of the NFL is you, you want to be peaking at the end of the season. You want to kind of just roll right into the playoffs and, and hopefully win your division. And that's, that's, that's the path you guys run. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. Um, talking through every decision that Derek made in the offseason about where he would go play and landing in New Orleans, I couldn't have been happier for him. And everything that we talked about in the offseason is right there and still right there in front of them and in front of you guys. And it's going to be exciting to watch you guys finish this thing off. Yeah, you know, um, you know, I didn't know Derek when we started the process um, in this last offseason. Obviously, Dennis Allen was familiar with Derek and had a lot of great things to say about him. But I would say this, uh, your parents uh, and you and your brothers have done a great job with him because on all my conversations with Derek uh, during this off season, man, he wasn't sensitive about, uh, listen, it wasn't all butterflies and roses. You know, I, I talked to him pretty bluntly about some things that we saw it, whether they're true or not is, or, you know, is up for debate, but look, we were honest uh, with him about how we saw things happening and what we had to offer and what he could bring to the table. Um, and man, he was so open to that and so uh, hungry to be part of something. Um, yeah. And so, look, I, I just appreciate him. Appreciate his toughness. I know he's gonna he gets that from you and your brothers picking on him a little bit. Um, yeah, right. And certainly, his, his football acumen comes. Um, you described it perfectly, and so we're we're excited about having him. We're excited about. I'm excited about. I agree with you. There's a learning curve and, and a progression that happens. You don't just, you know, uh, start out as a well-oiled machine. That has to develop, and it has to. Part of that's the chemistry with the other players and the coaches involved. And so, uh, you yeah. know, I can see that happening. And and uh, obviously, it doesn't ever come quick enough, but but it is happening. Yeah. Yep, exactly. It's just one of those things. It's nice to be able to win some games while you're figuring that out, too. So keep yourself in position to win the division, which is obviously, as you know, the most important thing. So, yeah, it's going to be exciting because um, I know Derek's excited. He, he tells me all the time, and he told me even 
when Alvin was coming back and he was trying to figure out, am I going to come back from the shoulder injury? He's like, he's like, Dave, I got to be out there, man. Like this team's too good. And, and we got to figure some things out. I have to be on the field. So he's, I've never, I've never really been around uh, more excited little brother to go out and play football than I am this year. So it's a, uh, it's a great way you guys have put together and you know, the culture that you've built there and the players that you've put on the field with him because and he's really excited to get back out there and compete with you guys. Loves doing it, and I can't wait to watch this thing wrap up at the end of the season. Well, David, I know you got a show to do. Uh, I mean, just we appreciate your time. I know uh, it's 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 a crazy time during the football season, and you know, uh, thanks for joining us today. And, and we look forward to more conversations and, and and more W's from your brother and and the Saints. That's right. My pleasure, guys. Pleasure talking to you guys. Yep. Thanks, David. Good luck to Bakersfield Christian this, uh, I guess, Friday night, probably, right? Yeah, thank you very much. Got a big rival. Another private school in town. It'll be fun. Appreciate it. Go get him. Mickey, yeah, thank, th- you. thank you, David. Mickey, my thanks as well. We thank appreciate you. your time, and uh, good luck against the Texans, and we'll talk soon. Thanks for listening tonight, everyone. A busy few days. The Saints in Houston, then home on a Thursday night affair. This has been the Saints Hour on the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t